for the Faith FM Breakfast Show with your hosts, Lyle and Lawson. Welcome, everybody. You're listening on 87.6, or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. And a special shout-out this morning to a number of our listeners, those who are listening in uh, Barmara in South Australia on 87.6, Walla Walla, New South Wales on 88, and Nambour, Queensland, also on 88. Lawson, what's been happening in your life recently? So many great things, but I can say what I'm grateful for today is most likely I will be able to take my moon boot off, finally. After. Most likely. Most likely, yeah. So I, most likely. I have an appointment with my physio, a.k.a. my friend that I do Bible studies with who is a physio. Yes. And I'm going to let him look at my ankle and he's going to say yay or nay. I've been like walking around the house a little bit without my boot on. Uh, I can tell that there's a little bit of pain and a little bit of struggle still, but it's like I'll let him determine whether it's okay and then I'll take it off and I'll go right back to playing basketball. I might take it off. And you might give it a month before you go yeah, back and nah, play basketball. Nah, like Although Lawson's literal, already been playing basketball in his moon boot. In my boot with my crutch, you know, hitting clutch shots and just getting it done. I'm, I'm loving a it. A crutch would be good for blocking, I would think. Oh, it's fantastic. You have a Maybe literal so weapon. And, and, and reach. <laughs> so much reach. Yeah, that's right. Now, the thing is that people can run behind you and still kind of steal the ball, but then they feel sorry for you because you're wearing yes. a moon boot and crutch. Yes, so, yes. So lots of maybe, advantages there. Maybe it's just a strategy. Maybe I just leave it on. Maybe. <laughs> I, I'm thinking you probably should. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We are now going to have a question for our quiz, so put your thinking caps on and see if you can answer this one. Number to call is 0491064669. What did Jesus say should be done to trees that bear no fruit? 0491 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win our prize for this week, which is the Bible study companion set, the Conflict of the Ages set that we have that we want to give to you absolutely for free. All you have to do is win the draw, and all you have to do to get in the draw is answer this question correctly. What did Jesus say should be done to trees that bear no fruit? Now, that prize, the Bible study companion set, uh, the Conflict of the Ages set, is, as I said, one probably one of the greatest greatest extra biblical resources out there one of the most incredible commentaries starting from before revelation and finishing uh, sorry before definitely before revelation starting from before genesis and finishing after revelation so 0491 is the number to call and if you want any terms and conditions in regards to our quiz and our drawer and how they work you can head to our website faithfm.com.au all right, let's uh, head over to Positively Different News and hear what we've got to hear in the world of Positively Different News. All right, Lyle. Yes. I have a series of stories here that have basically just solved my entire future. This is good to hear. Uh, not in regards to my soul. The only person who can do that is Jesus Christ. Right. I need to go to him. But in regards to my body, that is growing and aging. Right now, I stand before you, well, I sit before you in my chair uh, as a as a 23, almost 24-year-old so man. you should have finished growing by now. Yeah, that's right. That's, hopefully. That but the telltale right. signs that I've finished growing is that I am, in some areas, rapidly ungrowing. And this is, this is, this is not a bad thing for some people. It, well, this is like 
common amongst pretty much all people because the older you get, the more your body wears and tears and struggles. Um, there is that. There and is a that. consistent problem that I've had since I was actually starting around the age of 11, uh, getting worse up until the age of 16, and it's been a problem since then, is my absolutely destroyed knees. Uh, so right now I'm, I'm walking around with a relatively destroyed ankle, but you know, it's getting there. I've never had ankle problems before. And so what destroyed you? But specifically injuries, um, from just landing on them and landing on them and landing on them and landing on them every single time I've ever crashed a motorcycle, uh, which for those who don't know, I, I used to be a motorcycle racer. And at one point in my life, I was a, an aspiring professional motorcycle racer. I lived overseas and it got to the point when I was 16, every single race weekend, by the end of the weekend, my knee would blow out. So it would swell oof, up. Oof, uh, oof, and, oof. and still to this day, like I'll go out to, you know, to work at like the summer camps or whatever. And I will mountain bike for three days and my knees will Erect. Will blow out and start to swell. Okay, so here's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Do you have an estimate on how many times you have crashed a motorbike? I I would say it's easily, e- easily probably in either the two to three hundreds. That's a lot of motorbike In crashes. my life. Yeah, I, dude, I've had days where I've crashed like four times in one day. Um, or something like that. Like just, just I've had so. Do you have an estimate on how many motorbikes you've destroyed? Oh, okay. Ooh. So okay, I remember my my last year in Spain, I crashed fifteen times. Okay, I right. know that for a fact. And these would have been high speed crashes high because speed. this was. I was racing when you're in Spain. I was racing Moto Three. The bikes were topping out at around two forty, two fifty, something like this. And I believe that I probably would have destroyed the bike, like wrecked all the fairings and bent the bike and had to go get it repaired maybe six times. Okay. So that was in one year. That was in one one year. (laughs) And they would take it out to the shop and they would, you know, get it straightened out. And they had all these machines to make sure it was like all straight and whatnot. But my point is I've crashed my motorcycle many times and that has given me long lasting knee problems. In my left knee, I like dislocated it when I was 11, as I said, and I've had, it's been kind of weak ever since now. It's finally getting strong. I haven't just like, I haven't popped it out in a long time, but my right knee, I have serious cartilage issues and I don't have full movement so you know you should be able to grab your foot and bring it up to touch your butt i can do that with my left knee i can't do it with my right knee i can't even really kneel with my right knee i uh, reckon i could do that with either knee and i've never fallen off a mo- well no i've fallen off a few yeah. times, but <laughs> well not like, not like you, 200 times that's what you should be able to do as a, a a fit working person you should you should be able to grab your foot and and Pull it up to your butt. Now I can't do that, and but even when I kneel, when I kneel, I'm like get serious pain uh, after a small time. Now the University of Duke in the United States, who I more know for their college basketball antics, but they are also a university who do a bunch of research and create a bunch of uh, different things. They have come up with this synthetic gel, this water-based. Uh, synthetic gel to basically cure osteoarthritis to replace cartilage. Now, a lot of people replace their... When they run out of cartilage and have knee problems, they just chuck metal inserts yeah. in there. Titanium Titanium knee. Now, these guys have created this gel that they can inject 
into the knees uh, that they have just rigorously tested and they found that it's completely resistant to wear. So they squashed and dragged this thing like literally a million times in one of their tests. Like they're just oh, squashing wow. and dragging it's and scraping and just, just went for it. Just like seeing how it rubs up against either cartilage, seeing how it rubs up against bone. Uh, and they have found that this, uh, yeah, this cartilage insert is just wear resistant completely. Um, it's even more wear resistant to cartilage inserts that are already on the market today. Uh, and in fact, they said it was like the, the FDA approved highest rated, most expensive cartilage insert you can buy. It's like four times more wear resistant and squash resistant and everything resistant than that one. So they're like basically solving my future problems. So when I inevitably have to go and get my knee reconstructed, potentially both of them, I can just chuck one of these inserts in there and just be living my best life. Now it's like, okay, get my knee inserts in. I'm going to need to do some rehab, some therapy. And that brings me on to my next story, which is about this Velcro sleeve by a company called Psionic that basically works with AI and like electromagnets and electroshocks to teach you how to walk. So you wrap this Velcro sleeve around your leg and as you're walking, it detects if you're like walking out of step, you know, or you're doing something wrong and it will correct you like by, you know, shocking the right muscles so that you're walking then properly and in step. You're kidding. So this is this is incredible. Like this is just wild. This, this is, is doing my head in. So basically, I, I like I'll get I'll get my knee reconstructed, then I'll chuck one of these straps on, and my healing process will be exponentially quicker. They found with this like Velcro strap uh, that they've been chucking on people um, that ninety four percent of trialists have experienced greater mobility as a result of it. Now my thought is. Whatever you brace, you ultimately actually make weaker, unless it's something that needs to heal. Whatever you brace, you make weaker. And I'm like, oh, are you becoming reliant on this? But no, in their trials, they've seen that they they have a program where they keep it on for a certain amount of time. And then when they take it off, that's when they see, oh, has mobility increased or decreased? 60% of users said that their acute pain from walking has dropped dramatically. So basically, yep, get my knee reconstructed, chuck one of these Velcro straps on, bada bing, bada boom, I'm walking around again, literally perfectly, because it's just solved all my problems. But then, you know, I'm getting older, and... Maybe my my yes we feel we feel we feel your age you're yeah. all of what twenty three but hey look, look, I'm thinking about the future here let's say I'm getting older if time permits we're still on this earth elderly Lawson I'm here. I'm elderly and maybe my problems rear their head again you know will I be okay with that well in another study uh, essentially they've come to the conclusion that old people essentially have a positive bias in regards to life and they're doing the like the majority of elderly people are doing the best mentally out of any age demographic. And I think that's part of you know, having having somebody who's reached the ripe old age of 50. Mm-hmm. I think that part of that is that in your head you are still in your early 30s. Mm. You know, I, I I struggle. I really cannot wrap my head around the idea of being 50. Mm. It just doesn't feel like me. But that's the thing. It's like ultimately my whole future is sorted out and whether I've got pain or sadness, I will be okay. 
You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to Acapella Bridge with Under His Wings. It is The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. Lawson's going to bring you another question for the quiz. Oh, this is a tricky one, Lyle. What did the rider of the white horse have in his hand? 0491-064-669. I feel like some people are going to get this one a bit mixed up. And they're going to say that something's in his hand that's not in his hand. But again, that number is 0491-064-669. That that is the number to call. And if you answer the question correctly, you'll go in the draw to win our Bible study companion box set, The Conflict of the Ages. But again, that question was, what did the rider of the white horse have in his hand? Okay, if you know the answer, give us a call right now. 0491 Let's talk about some more serious news this morning. Mm. And we've got this situation in the United States uh, where there's been the Biden rule that forces Christian doctors to perform gender-affirming surgeries if the person asks for it. Mm. So a little bit of background to this. This was part of a anti-discrimination bill that Obama brought through and uh, under the interpretation of it. And so it wasn't actually the words within the bill that forced this. It was the interpretation of the bill and the rules that were enforced. Obama enforced this. Mm. Uh, Trump then stopped enforcing it because it's not actually in the words of the bill. Now it's back being enforced again under Biden. And the issue is Section 1557 of what's called the 2010 Affordable Care Act or otherwise known as Obamacare that uh, prohibits uh, discrimination. The, the Biden Department of Health and Human Services interprets it as prohibiting discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. Uh, Biden says that that means discrimination on the basis of sex oh, and also encompasses that, that discrimination on the basis of sex encompasses abortion. Mm. So under this particular rule right across the United States, Doctors would be forced to perform abortions and gender-affirming surgeries if they were asked to do so, even though the Supreme Court has found that, you know, against Roe versus Wade. It says a whole complicated legal mess with this particular rule. Well, the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, in a case called the Franciscan Alliance versus Becerra, has, in a 3-0 decision, affirmed a lower court decision that had previously permanently blocked the Biden rule. Mm. So it was there under Obama. It wasn't there under Trump. It was back under Obama. Now it is blocked and it is blocked forever, Mm. unless it goes to the Supreme Court. Um, The case itself goes back to 2016. It's been through multiple stages. Um, Of course, during the Trump administration, it wasn't such of of an issue. Uh, But when Biden reinstated it, then it became an issue. And uh, uh, permanently stopping the United States Department of Health and Human Services from requiring Franciscan Alliance to perform uh, gender affirming, affirming surgeries, uh, gender reassignment surgeries, or abortions in violation of its sincerely held religious beliefs uh, was the problem. The CDMA CEO Mike Chup said this victory against government coercion means that healthcare professionals can continue to exercise medical judgment and ethical care based upon sound medical evidence and Hippocratic standards of patient care instead of ideology. Amen. That's so good. And this is basically what it came down to, is this was a law that came into effect that was based on ideology. It was not based on care. Mm. 
And now it's back in the hands of doctors, it's back in the hands of medical professionals to be able to provide care. Care, yeah. And to be able to define what that care is and what that care should be, rather than just a bunch of lawyers and politicians deciding mm. what that care should be. Mm-hmm. That should and should 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 rest with the medical professionals, only rest with medical professionals, and always med- rest with medical professionals. That's that's so true. Like medical like doctors shouldn't be subject to a uh, a jury of people who don't understand the profession. Yeah, that's it, right. It's exactly. ridiculous. It's mm. insanity. Mm. Uh, Attorney Joseph Davis says, this ruling is a major victory for conscience rights mm. and compassionate medical care in America. Doctors cannot do their jobs and comply with the Hippocratic Oath if the government requires them to perform harmful, irreversible procedures yes. against yes. their conscience and medical expertise. Mm. So we shouldn't be letting... So, so the, basically the courts have said, no, politicians can't decide what care is. Doctors can, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Now we just need them to say that school teachers can't decide what medical care is. Doctors can Agree. Because if politicians are not qualified, I would say that school teachers are less qualified. Yeah. Now, there might be some school teachers out there that would argue that point with me, uh, and I recognise that school teachers are incredibly professional. Mm-hmm. But I think if politicians can't do it, then school teachers can't do it as well. But neither can firemen or tech you know, people or pastors or... No, it's doctors. Doctors define what... Medical, Medical care, care is. is. That's yeah. right. Okay, so moving to Queensland, a radio station host has got himself into all kinds of hot water yeah. uh, because this particular radio station has admitted that it would rather protect the feelings of the trans community than vulnerable girls and women. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty full on. So one of the hosts, a uh, fellow by the name of Paul Campion, uh, made some perfectly reasonable on, uh, comments on air about his concern for his own daughter. Yep. Right? Because she's 14 years old, she's at school, she now has to share bathrooms, change rooms, etc. all of the girls' safe places with biological males who have biological genitalia and these are spaces in which people take their clothes off and mm. he was that pretty abusive to a 14-year-old girl to have to deal with that. Mm. Uh, so he's from the Money and Campo show. Uh, he told listeners that he disagreed with transgender students being able to use any bathroom they wanted. He wanted to express. He went on to sorry, sorry. He went on to express fears about his daughter's safety at school because of transgender students who were able to share bathrooms with her. I think that's very reasonable for a father to feel that way about yeah. his daughter. In fact, I would say that if a, father, if a father does not feel that way about his daughter, he should not have children mm. because he's not caring for them. And 14 is such a vulnerable age. Like, I, yes. I, I, I reckon it's probably the most vulnerable age of adolescence. Yes. Like, it's, yeah, you've you got to think of the, these kids and how much they need protection. So he made that statement, which I think is perfectly reasonable. I would make that statement. I would make that statement if I had children who are that age. Mm-hmm. I would certainly make that statement about my grandchildren uh, when they reach that age. So uh, he made that statement. He was pulled off air, given mandatory retraining, otherwise known as, a.k.a. indoctrination. Mm-hmm. Uh, the station then went on to issue and issue an apology. He made the statement. He says, my comments were not meant to hurt anyone. 
Mm. They're simply a father trying to manoeuvre a changing world with his 14-year-old daughter, who is at, who is also having to understand things she knows nothing about. Mm. This happened all because he tried to stand up for his daughter's safety. You're not allowed to stand up for your for the safety of our wives and daughters and granddaughters anymore mm. because that is against the rules. Yeah, that's transphobic. The station says... The station says, we agree that the discussion about transgender girls sharing changing facilities with cisgender girls should never take place. Mm. That's what the station said. Should never, ever discuss this. Mm -hmm. Discussion should never happen. Mm -hmm. Really? This is a massive, massive societal shift, the greatest societal shift I've seen in my lifetime, and we shouldn't be talking about it? Mm. No, there's some serious questions yeah, here well. that we need to be asking. Is this safe? Do we have precedent? Do we have research to say that this is safe? Do we know where this is going to end up? Are we just launching ourselves off the edge of a cliff into a void and hoping for the best here? Or is there sound scientific evidence to say that this is not a problem? Mm. Station went on to say, we agree it was clear that the announcer strongly disagreed with the Queensland Department of Education policy on transgender children. Good on him. We are extremely disappointed that our guidelines around these topics were not followed. Well, I am extremely glad that their guidelines were not followed and extremely mm. disappointed that he had to get pulled off air and have to be forced into ideological indoctrination that has nothing to do with science, that has nothing to do with research, that doesn't sit you down and say, look, here's the, here's the long-term studies. Here's the long-term peer-reviewed studies that say that your child is under no threat whatsoever, no danger whatsoever in all of this taking place. It's not going to affect her mentally, emotionally, uh, or place her under any physical kind of threat. Those studies do not exist. Mm. All evidence points the other direction. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Very appropriate song for what we have been mm. discussing here this morning. Uh, we're about to get into interview of the day where Jennifer Skews will be joining us this morning. I may have made a mistake yesterday and announced yesterday morning. Yeah. <laughs> but she is, here, she is here this morning. <laughs> uh, but before we go there, we've got another clue for our quiz. Jesus once healed 10 men from what disease? 0491 Jesus once healed 10 men. Ten different dudes from one disease. If you know the answer, again, that number was 0491-064-669. You will go into the draw to win our Bible study companion set, our Conflict of the Ages set, which is an incredible Bible commentary that we have to give you. But again, 0491-064-669. Okay, fantastic stuff. Well, joining us on the phone right now is Jennifer Skews to talk about emotional health. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's uh, yeah, good to be here today. Now, we're continuing on with our series this morning, and where do we pick up our subject this week? Well, what we were doing last week, we looked at the will, and we're talking about the will and the strength we need to make good decisions, to act on our conscience. And, I mean, we, we do hear the term, people say you've got a weak will or you've got a, you're too strong-willed, um, because the will is the part of the brain the physical part of the brain that actually can help us to take action once we know what decision we need to make. 
Um, and if we don't action our will, often we regret it. You know, there's something that conscience tells us to do something and we don't, um, or we don't have the strength to do it. We're too tired or things in life can actually affect the will. And last week we talked about how exercise can strengthen the will. This week I wanted to talk about how sugar weakens the will. Oh, um, really? Yes. Sugar it's weakens amazing. the will. That's that's. I'm, I'm suddenly sad. <laughs> all right, tell us, tell us all about it. I, mean, I was not expecting you to say how sugar weakens the will. That was I was that caught me completely by surprise. But oh dear, um, yeah. No, there are lots of studies that support this, and it's, we can look at well, what part does sugar play in our diet? Now we're talking about people who load with sugar, have lots of foods with added sugars, who uh, might have sugary drinks, have lollies. You know. When you look at, you read your labels, it's amazing the hidden sugars in things. Yes. So the answer is to find natural ways to have our sweetness and in fruits and honey and um, you know, there are different things we can have, maple syrup, but in moderation. So sure. it's not that all sugar is bad and it's what we have it with. But in our society, people live on sugar, whether it be chocolate, sweets. Uh, you go to the supermarket, look at what's in people's trolleys. It's amazing. Nearly everything has got some form of sugar in it. And that includes alternative type sugars as well. And some of the research um, is most interesting uh, in how sugar, it, it, it certainly weakens the will, but it affects our mood. It affects your emotional energy, it can actually put you on a high if you have sugar, a sugar hit, and the high is a bit like being bipolar where you get a bit manic, you get a charge from it. And right. that means you don't make good decisions, you run out of energy and then you have a corresponding drop, which is a bit like going to that slump of depression. So so, so this would be would, would this would we would this be something that bipolar people would be even more susceptible to? Oh, absolutely. And uh, then, by, well, people generally with bipolar will eventually self-medicate. They don't like the side effects of uh, doctor's medication, so they take themselves off. And if they're getting on a bit of a high, they might drink alcohol or use other things. Or if they're a bit flat, they will use sugar products to pick them up if they're feeling depressed. Yeah, I mean, I can think of like a whole slew of other health issues completely unrelated to uh, emotional health that this is going to affect right here. So this is going to be a disaster all around. It's a bit of a vicious circle, isn't it? It is because diabetes is another major player when we have uh, with sugar. Um, it, it, because once you keep boosting the blood sugar, what happens is over time the pancreas is weakened. And that's where the insulin comes from. So then we have insulin problems. So it, it's an all-round player for the system. But when it comes to the brain, it sugar will cause brain fog where when you have a sugar hit, the brain can't function well, can't make good decisions. But they've done some interesting studies. And this was in the US where they did a study on prisoners. And what they did, they removed sugar from their diet. And they found the chaos the aggression, um, the disorderly aspects of prisoners and their life and the way they treated each other changed markedly and they became really reasonable people that uh, became model prisoners, all because they removed sugar. So this is the power of doing without so much sugar in your diet. 
and uh, I was most interested in that. Um, they also, another, well, it wasn't a study, it was a report that a person who'd been taken to court had claimed that he, he had blood sugar problems and he'd been on a sugar high, and that was proven that he had this problem, and so the magistrate didn't give him a sentence. He actually, his sentence was to have a sugar-free diet, which was most interesting, and to go on a reasonable diet. So it That's is pretty good novel. sentence. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that one either. Although we're gonna- <laughs> <laughs> that, that would help us. That would help us with our will, wouldn't it? It's like oh, it's illegal. You can't do that. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> well, I mean, it would have been a big change because uh, once you go with that, when you stop sugar, you actually go through withdrawal, just like any other drug. It acts like a drug. Yes. And so that means you get the shaking, headaches. You know, so. Try go cold turkey off a of sugar, and you'll know that you've gone off sugar. So, so, you can, so can I jump in for a second um, yeah. and just maybe give a little bit of a personal testimony on this? About three years yeah. ago, my wife decided to go on a sugar reduced diet, and and by oh, yeah. by mentioning a sugar reduced diet, what it was was no dessert sweets, so no sugary drinks, no desserts, anything like that. You know, if we bought a product, you know, a savoury product that had a bit of sugar in it, we weren't reading labels, we just weren't buying any sweet products. We didn't buy any cakes or biscuits or, you know. And I'm the kind of person who has always sort of, you know, done the usual thing, you end your meal with a little bit of dessert. And uh, it was quite a major change. I found that for the first six weeks, after I finished, you know, say, for instance, lunch or dinner, I would go oh, and open the fridge door and stare into the fridge in the vain hope that somewhere <laughs> there was some piece of sugar hiding somewhere in the fridge. And then I got past it. And once I got past it, one of the other things I used to look forward to was, you know, fellowship lunch at church where I would sneak myself a little bit of dessert. But once I got past that first six weeks, I wasn't even eating desserts at church. Just I just completely lost interest in it. And it, yeah, sugar is addictive. Yes, it so was. So you need to break the addiction of it. That's how bad sugar is for us. Mm. And, and I have to say this: I did like. I do. Sorry, I do like myself better on a reduced sugar diet. There's no question. Yes. I, I'm, yeah. I'm a nicer person. I agree. And well, I agree for me because I find that when I'm having sugars like that, when I used to, I had what was called hypoglycemia, which I find a lot of clients have, where their blood sugars. They go on a high, then a low, and uh, you rev the engine. It's that bipolar effect, and then you, you know, your body just disintegrates. You feel weak and can't function, wobbly legs. It's quite amazing. It is a really uh, potent drug, is sugar. So when you have a look at um, some of the other research, when it comes to the will, they have actually done research on the impact of sugar on the will, and it says. Apparently, the brain uses much uh, the um, sorry the will uses much more brain energy than typical tasks. So when we action our will, it takes a lot of brain energy, and of course, this gives a drop in sugars, the circulating blood sugars, and that means when the brain uses energy to focus attention, and that um, we we can actually the willpower can be depleted. So we've got to keep a correct blood sugar balance. That's the blood glucose levels. To do that, it isn't eating sugar, but that's what people do. They then feel a bit depleted in the brain, so they, oh, sugar will pick me up, and they might do it with chocolate or other things. But if you go to foods that 
fuel and stabilize the blood sugars, it charges the brain to give you more consistent energy. It's what we call low GI food, your nuts, your fruits, your seeds, um, whole grains. There's lots of good things we can have, and fruits have sugar in, but the system can use it. It digests it instead of giving you the sugar hit. So this is where diet's vital in brain energy and using the will. That is absolutely amazing. Let let me ask this question. When it comes to the various different kinds of sugars, so you've got honey, you've got, um, say, fructose, which is the sugar you have in fruit, Uh, you've got um, cane sugar, you've got maple syrup, in their yep. refined form, so all of them have a refined form. You can get a refined mm-hmm. form of any of them to, you know, to add into uh, uh, whatever it might be that you're cooking. Is yes. there much of a difference in its refined form? Um, there is, if you have like having a teaspoon of honey directly without. But if you mix it with something, and the same with maple syrup, if you put a bit of maple, pure maple syrup, the other there's a false maple syrup that is just sugar full of sugar and a, a flavouring. Yeah, the so vast majority of maple syrup that you buy in the supermarket is flavoured cane sugar. Yes, so you've got to make sure you can get the real, true maple syrup and just, read again, read the labels. And you can to put a bit on a dessert, but then to put tonnes of it on a dessert, like some fruit or yoghurt or whatever you're having, then um, you're in trouble because it's the amount that overrides what you're eating. So mm. using sweet, Natural sweetness in a, in moderation, like many things, is important. So we can do that. Like I'll have some honey and a herbal tea. But if I have 10 herbal teas a day, I've overdosed. They For say, sure. I, I guess what I'm asking is this. If I have one teaspoon of cane sugar compared to one teaspoon of maple sugar, right? is that a difference? Um, if the cane sugar is refined... It would, but if you ha- it depends on how you're having it. So if you're munching so a piece you- of sugar cane, it's not so bad? No. if it's Well, if you go to the first pressing of the sugar cane where it's still that dark sugar and it's organic, some of that is not as bad as your white sugar. Yep. So it comes yep. to looking at what you're having and how you're having it. But if you sit with a teaspoon of it and eat it, then it will go straight through and boost overboost your blood sugars. Yep. But, and things that slow it down. So if you have, you know, sometimes people like something a bit sweet and they might make a slice or something and they'll have a moderate amount of um, something sweet in it, might be honey, might, you know, be a bit of, oh, there's all sorts of sugars now from different, you know, from coconut and palm. Palm's not good for you. But um, there's different sugars you can have. But if you put it in moderation and you mix it with some nuts and seeds and a whole grain flour and, um, oats, apparently, things that are very what we call low GI, they balance the blood sugar. So when you mix a high GI, which is sugar, with a low GI, it balances it out. It uh, helps moderate the high and it can become a reasonable food that will balance your blood sugars. You know what I found really useful when I went off when I went off um, you know ma- major amount. Well, I went on when when I went sugar reduced. One of the things I found super useful. You might laugh at this. It was frozen grapes. Oh, okay. No, I've frozen grapes. Yeah, you have um, frozen grapes on a hot day, and they yeah. obviously they're full of sugar, but they're in a context which is much better for you because they're in the grape yeah. and you're getting the fibre and everything else that goes along with it, and yeah. they will take away your sugar cravings every single time. 
Well, what you need to do is make sure you don't have too many because they are like a sugar pill, oh. even though they're a natural. Yeah. Okay. So it's All right. <laughs> Maybe I'm giving out bad advice. <laughs> but you're right. They are delicious. And you can make your own, um, like, you can get those ice, ice molds and put in fruit and, um, you know, don't add sugars, but using fruit and I use coconut cream or a bit of coconut yogurt. And that makes a really delicious sweet that isn't going to affect you and it's healthier for you because you've got to think of the brain. You need to fuel the brain and keep it consistently fueled. It's like a car. If you run out of fuel, then you're in trouble. So it's, it's, and this is why health is so important. I do a lot of work with people with their health because most of the clients I see are loading with sugars, not eating consistently, having a very poor diet, um, don't look after themselves. And that's one of the early things I do is try and get them back on track to balance their blood sugars because that's half the cure, especially for the brain and the will and their general well-being. Um, there was an interesting case I had when I first started counselling many years ago and a mother came to me about her son and uh, her son was disorderly, couldn't keep his room clean, had chaos everywhere, just throw things all over the place and he couldn't stick to a, a schedule of like little jobs they had a home for the kids. And so the first thing I did was got her to take him off any sugars and, of course, with sugar like drinks and that, you often have those red cordials and things like that, um, which she was having when he'd come home from school. Different child. She rang me a week later and said, oh, we don't need to come and see you. He's really good now. And, uh, <laughs> and that was the key. Isn't that interesting? That's fascinating. <laughs> what a great story right there. Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing uh, this information. I always find it so interesting. And I always get to this point of the conversation, it's like, oh, man, I just don't want to talk for another 20 minutes. I'm thinking of all of these questions that I just need to ask, but unfortunately we are out of time. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.